on back, everybody, to another episode of that podcast to be named later. It's just me, Noah Hiles, for the first segment. And I got to tell the listeners, the lunatics, the subscribers, anyone whose ears are at my attention right now, I'm in a much better mood. I'm in a much better mood here on this beautiful Wednesday than I was the last time you heard me talk. And that's because the Jolly Roger has been raised in in a very dramatic fashion. A polar opposite outcome from the past 24 hours. The last time I was sitting in this chair talking into this microphone about Pirates baseball, I was upset because the Buckos blew a lead. They imploded at the end of the game. And as I watched the seventh inning, I thought that was happening again. Turns out I was wrong, which happens quite frequently. As you all get to know me, you'll see that. But in all seriousness, I was wrong. The team fought. So for this first segment, I'm going to break it up into what I like to call the Triple Bs. Not Big Baller brand, if you were wondering. Although, I embarrassingly enough do have a Big Baller brand hoodie. That's for another podcast for another day. The Triple Bs are the Battle the bats, and the bullpen. We're going to start with the bats. After having, I believe, less than five hits only a day ago in a game that won 11 innings, this Pirates team responded with some much-needed offense today. Nine base hits, and it got the job done. They were timely hits. They came through with runners on base. They came through with runners in scoring position. The top of the order came through with an extra base hit that won the game. Everything that I criticized pretty much yesterday was responded to. Maybe the Pirates are subscribers. Or at least they listen to the show on uh, one of the many platforms it's on. Let's start with a guy that I was pretty hard on yesterday, Brian Reynolds. I said, ignorantly enough, that he and I had the same amount of hits in the big leagues this year. Well, that's no more. Two solid hits by Brian Reynolds. He looks to be back. Cole Tucker, a guy who struggled at the plate. I think he underrated, like silently was the MVP for the Pirates. Uh, and I know he didn't have the biggest hits. He didn't drive in any runs. But his base hits started both of the rallies. Cole Tucker, a guy who everyone was concerned about on offense, came up with two big hits, including the double, which ended up being the game-winning run when he was hit in by Adam Frazier, the leadoff hitter, a part of that 1-2-3 part of the Pirates order that still struggling a little bit for offensive production, but you look at this performance from the top of the order today, you get a hit from Josh Bell, although he did leave three men on base. Newman, no hit, but he scored a run, and he drove a run in. And Adam Frazier, of course, with the game-winning two-run homer. And while he won them the game with that homer, the guy who tied the game was Phil Evans, a guy who, since we've seen him, we saw him in spring training do this, we saw saw him in summer camp do this, and now we're seeing it move over to the regular season— Phil Evans can hit the ball. It's early on, but this guy's giving me young Adam Frazier vibes. I don't know. I don't know if anyone else agrees with that, 
But I remember Adam Frazier in, I believe it was 2016, maybe 2017, coming up and playing like he had nothing to lose. He really didn't have a position. He was just there to swing the bat and be a productive member of the lineup when he got his shot. Phil Evans giving me similar vibes. So a great job by the Pirates offense. I think without question their best game so far in the 2020 season. So the bats, check. The battle. Not only did we see the battle at the plate, we saw it everywhere else in all aspects of the game. Being down 6-2 after blowing a 5-1 lead the night prior in the bottom of the ninth. You're up 2-0. You get a great start from Holland, who I just need to give a shout-out to real quick. Excellent start. We'll talk more about the decision to leave him in in a second here. But you get a great start. You blow a 2-0 lead. Six runs. You're just thinking, oh, man, here we go again with this. But yet they battle back. They get some hits from, they get a hit from Cole Tucker. They get some walks, an error. The Brewers make some mistakes, and the Pirates made them pay. That's battle. You're battling buckos. No hanging heads. No mailing it in. And honestly, I couldn't blame them if they were discouraged. I know I was. I was writing up a script to rip this team for yet again struggling to hold on to a lead. But they proved me wrong. As I said, I'm wrong from time to time. And by time to time, I mean quite, quite frequently. The immediate response was nice too. It didn't linger. They got right back in there. They went into the dugout. I don't know if Shelty gave them a big speech or something. My guess is no. They probably just went about their business. And if you want to talk about battles, let's talk about the winning pitcher. Jeff Hartlieb, a guy who was called up to the majors earlier in the day, comes in and gets his first major league win in his first big league outing of the season. He throws two scoreless innings and provides some assistance to a bullpen that was in dire need of it. He battled with runners on base. He got some big outs against some big-time bats. Jeff Hartlieb, very well done. Let's talk about the rest of the bullpen, though. Pirates Twitter can be a wild place, and the criticism of Derek Shelton is well on display. And again, checks calendar. We're five games into the season. And I'll admit it, some of his decisions he's made as far as leaving pitchers in, taking them out early, selecting certain guys, to come in in certain scenarios, it's left me scratching my head from time to time. Specifically today, I mean, Miguel DePozo. I, I mean, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but my, my, my gut feeling tells me I'm not going to really need to learn it because I don't think this guy's going to be around much. I mean, that was... That was bad. The Pirates didn't have anyone else. I mentioned that I was going to talk about the Holland thing he gives you five shutout innings. You want to keep him in. However, it's a decision worth, it's a discussion worth having, it's a decision worth considering. Is he going to be effective in the sixth? He didn't make it through there. He got you two outs and then allowed a home run that tied the game. 
Then again, if you went with the bullpen for that inning, it might have been more than two runs. Maybe that was his thinking. Go with the guy who's rolling. It all ended up working out in the end. But these tough choices Shelton has to make as a manager, they're already difficult enough deciding what guy to go with, when to leave your starter in, when to when to take him out early, who to put in what scenarios, because there's a lot of young arms there. It's even more difficult being that there aren't a lot of options to choose from. Every now and then a guy sticks his head out and you see stuff like what Hartlieb did, like what JT Brubaker did on Sunday. I know JT Brubaker's a starter, but if he can give you two innings after Mitch Keller, why couldn't he give you two innings today? Or at least one inning. You probably don't want to bring him in mid-inning, I get that. But after Stratton finished the job at the, at the, in the top of the sixth, why not bring him out in the seventh? I don't know. Anybody but Del Pozo. I don't, I, that was rough. But overall, I mean, you think about this bullpen. You're seeing some guys step up a little bit here between Hartlieb, Brubaker, Nick Birdie in a big way is stepping up and gets his first career save. His stuff looks filthy. And they're going to need that. The Pittsburgh Pirates are going to need that. Because, yes, they're eventually going to get. Blake Cedarland back. They're eventually going to get Keone Kella back. And they do have something that looks pretty stable in Nick Birdie. But other people need to step up. Because this isn't a rotation that's going to get you through the 7th very often. They're, they're going to give you 5-6 to six innings. And on a good day, it'll be less than 3 runs. So you're asking them to take care of Nearly half the ball game. If they go if they go five, you need twelve outs, sixteen outs, excuse me, from your bullpen. Twelve to sixteen outs a night. You're gonna need three, four, maybe five guys that you can rely on if you want to stay competitive. Right now, when Kella comes back, how many people are you confident in when he comes back? Two. Cedarland, maybe three. You need people to step up. I was thinking about it. When's the last time the Pirates have seen guys step up in their bullpen and take on a higher role midseason? It's the 2018 season, and it was when three of them did it at the same time. It was Kyle Crick, it was Richard Rodriguez, it was Edgar Santana. Well, Edgar's not playing this season. Kyle Crick on the IL, we're going to talk about that shortly with Alex. And Rich Rod, I mean, he looked fine on, on Monday night, but hey, we need him to step up again. The bullpen is still a concern. This win was nice, especially following the disaster that took place on Monday evening or early Tuesday morning. But the bullpen is still a concern. Maybe Hartlieb will be that guy. Maybe JT Brubaker will be that guy. Maybe Rich Rod will get back to that 2018 form. Who knows? They've got a little bit of time to figure it out, but the sooner the better with this bullpen because... Other areas of the team look to be showing progress. They're not, they're not racking up the offense, but this team does come through offensively when it's needed. They've been getting clutch hits and staying close in games. As the game goes on, they have been hitting bullpens well. They get clutch hits, and they're getting good starts. If the bullpen can come together, we might have ourselves a ball club, folks. 
Speaking of bullpens, two guys on the opening day roster, Kyle Crick and Clay Holmes, go on the injured list. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Alex will join his own podcast. We will talk. We actually had a conversation mid-game about this news. We'll be back. Second half of the show, and the man that everyone tunes in to hear is finally back. It, you've heard enough of my voice for the past, geez, I don't know how long, like 40 minutes of content that we've had on this show. The main man, the myth, the legend, Alex Stump, rejoins his own program to discuss some notable injuries for the Buckos. Kyle Crick and Clay Holmes, two of the more important Arms in the Bucko bullpen as of right now. Both go on the injured list. Alex, what what's the story behind this? Well, I mean, we've kind of alluded to it a couple times on this show already that something just didn't seem quite right with Kyle Crick, especially with that drop in velocity. I mean, he went from going 95 to 90-91. That's, that's eye-opening. Now, this could be a fresh injury, but – they say it was a shoulder, and you know, a short camp. You have to be honest with your body, with coaches, with the medical staff. It's it's tough. I mean, that three week summer camp. It was less than ideal for people like him. It's one thing for a starting pitcher because they had a more clear path to getting ready. You know, they had benchmarks. The I mean, that's not a slight on Marine or anyone on the coaching staff. It's just a lot harder to build up relief pitchers whenever they're away. It's easier with starters because, you know, you could build up, okay, I'm going to throw this many simulated innings. I'm going to throw this many pitches. It doesn't work quite that way. And he just never built up the right way. We didn't see a whole lot of him during the first summer camp. Or not the first summer camp, but like actually in summer camp until the very end, until those exhibitions. And by the time those exhibitions rolled around, Vila was down. As for Holmes, that's that's news. I mean, I guess Spidey Sense should have been off whenever he didn't pitch Monday night and they went to Davidas for a second inning because that's kind of the situation where Clay Holmes is on the team for. You know, you're in extra innings. You need to get somebody who could go a couple innings. That's, that's Clay Holmes' territory. And he didn't come in. They say it's a forearm strain. They made it retroactive to the 25th, which if you do make it retroactive, that kind of signals that, you know, we don't want him out the full 10 days, or at least we don't want the option that he'll be gone the full 10 days. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. The Moran – or not the Moran, the Kyle Crick. Moran's always on my mind, Alex. The Kyle Crick injury – this one makes sense. Uh, I mean, we've – like you said, you you hit it all already. Uh, with the with the drop in velocity, the the struggle to get ready on such short notice. However, this also kind of gets the vibe where it might just be a guy struggling, and we've seen that as well, where a guy's struggling and they say, "Let's just put him on the IL and talk about it, or and talk talk about it and work it out." And you think that that also could be the case here? I, I'm less inclined to believe that over a 60-game season. It's something different over 162 where you can take 10 games and, and do something different. Is, is Noah – cards on the table. We're watching this, this game still going on right now. We're recording this section, so I'm actually away from watching the game for a bit. 
Ryan so, Braun just got thrown out at the plate by Brian Reynolds. You know what? Brian, B Rye. Drove a Chevy to the levee, but the levee was B Rye. All right, we're going to edit that out. And I just want to, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said plenty of nice things about Brian Reynolds in the last segment. So don't worry. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, so you don't, but to get back on track, you don't think this Crick thing is. Uh, no, no, I don't think a, over one, a over a 60 game season. No, I don't think over a 60 game season to make a guy go on the IL this early on, he has to actually be hurt. There's no, you know, unplug, replug him in, especially with expanded rosters. I mean, expanded rosters, it'd be really easy to just hide him in the bullpen for a little bit and then in a low leverage situation, hey, let's get him in there. No, I, I, I don't buy that. It, it, he's hurt. He's actually hurt. So if Kyle Crick is done for the year and this is – there's no, I, no I won't I won't go that far yet. I know but I don't I'm know just how saying, serious it is I know I'm but I'm just saying so if he's out for an extended period of time how bad does that hurt this Pirates team I mean the bullpen in general hasn't looked so hot to start with so oh, I know I, I that's all I talked about pretty much for a majority of the first segment and then yesterday so <laughs> yeah uh, you, you've been You've been busy with that. But, yeah, it's yeah. – he's a big part of that bullpen. They'll get Kella back eventually. McBurdy has looked good. Rich Rod, credit where credit's due. That velocity was back up in his last outing, so that could be, you know, a sign of, okay, he's getting back on track after some really disastrous outings in the exhibition um, in the first game of the season. But – yeah, without Kyle Crick in the mix, that bullpen does become a lot thinner. I know he didn't have a, a good year last year, but, you know, he identified some things that he did wrong last year. And it, it, talking to him, it seemed like he was ready to get back to that 2018 form. The bullpen, frankly, needs a 2018 Kyle Crick real bad. I was I, I mentioned this in the first segment. Um, who – has been a surprise out of the bullpen since 2018 since Crick and Richrod came up. Can you think of anyone else? I mean, you could say Santana in 2018 as well, but since those three, who has been, who's come up and been a pleasant, successful surprise since those three? I mean, the only one who even kind of qualifies is Chris Stratton, who, who turned in a, a good half season last year once he actually went to the bullpen. And yeah, I'm no, I know I'm saying this after he walked two of his three batters faced on Tuesday. Not his best outing, but you know, he, he, the other two times he pitched this year, he came in the middle of the inning and got out of the jam. So, eh. I mean, I'm not saying Chris Stratton is, is great right now. I think he has some really good tools that if they're able to finally hone in, yeah, he could be a good relief pitcher. But yeah, nothing, he doesn't come close to like, 2018 Crick, 2018 Rodriguez, even 2018 Santana in that regard. The bullpen is looking for arms. And I'm going to let you know the secret. I don't think Miguel Del Pozo is going to be one of those hidden gem arms. You don't? You don't think no, he's yeah, yeah, selling no, his no, jerseys in the team store? No. No, the 63, uh, his ERA is higher than that. Oh, man. Um, Alex, more on the Clay Holmes talk here. Uh, did, did Shelty talk about either of these guys, I guess? Or elaborate on either one of them before the game? Not before the game, no. These moves came about an hour and a half 
I want to say before first pitch. Um, yeah, it's, it, like I said, it kind of caught people off guard because, you know, we're, we're not in the clubhouse anymore, so we can't. That's, that makes life tough, tougher as a beat reporter. You know, if we're in the clubhouse and, hey, Clay Holmes is walking around with an ice pack on his shoulder, something's not right, you know, that, that makes life a little easier. But, no, right now, nothing official from Crick and Holmes. Probably will be something post-game. Did you notice Clay dealing with any injuries in spring training? I mean, he, he broke his foot during spring training. He had the fractured foot because of the comebacker. So there wasn't a whole lot of uh, Clay Holmes in spring training. He, he looked fine at summer camp, and he was talking about, you know, how, like, the mechanics felt the best they ever had. But, no, I mean, as amazing as it sounds, outside of the inter-squads, uh, I, there ha- I haven't seen a whole lot of <laughs> – whole lot of Clay Holmes in 2020. Well, and to build off of that, do you think that the limited activity that he's had because of the injuries led to these arm problems? I mean, he, he was still able to throw with the fractured foot. He was throwing off of his knees. He was doing other things to try to keep the arm active. But that's not the same. Active. No, no, it isn't the same. But for a forearm injury, it, 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 it's kind of – I mean, I would be more inclined if it was a, a shoulder injury. And, you know, he, he came back and, you know, he was icing something down like, okay, something went wrong with his, with his lower half. He overthrew the ball. Forearm, I'm less inclined to believe. It just seems like a real arm injury in general. And like I said, we don't know how serious it is, you know, at this very moment that we're recording right now. All right. Well, Alex, I'll let you get back to work. And, uh, but hey, this was fun. Let's do it again. What do you say tomorrow? Let's do it. All right. Well, that's all we got for this episode tonight. We will have more Pirates coverage. Alex will, of course, have, uh, it seems like a, an infinity amount of uh, articles on the Buckos <laughs> on the site. You can read more of his coverage about the injuries, uh, his, his 10 takeaways from the game, and his game story all on DKPittsburghSports.com. You can follow us on social media and you can keep listening here on DK Sports Radio. For Alex Stump, I'm Noah Hiles signing off saying we'll see you next time.